You have come to a place where all sports matter. And some sports just matter more than others. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Leighton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast. English Premier League Game Week FPL preview show. It is happening. It is here again. Wow, what a start to, to the Premier League. And it feels like, it feels like we've barely missed a day. Now, if you're jamming FPL, the pod has a bragging rights league. It's free to play. It's open. Go grab the code in the show notes. It is golf94 hotel to Juliet. Make sure you get those codes. Now, we'd love to get your feedback for the show. So drop us an email at feedback at latentv.com or reach out to us on Twitter at LTV underscore sportscast and follow us on LTV sportscast on our Instagram. So again, if you'd like to be a guest, drop me your deets on the feedback at latentv.com. We are waiting for you. Joining me today, the killer man K and the big man J. Andreas, welcome back to the show, man. Yeah. Hello, listeners. Leighton, thanks for having me. Great first week, FPL and Premier League. Uh, looking forward to this week and looking forward to making up some ground. I think you're uh, going to have to, eh? Table. Yeah, I'm going to have to, and I will. I'm quite confident. I'm quite confident. And then there's a man who's chasing you. There was a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. It was just happening. Jay, Jay what is happening? Yeah, I'm way, way, way behind. Um, but yeah, looking forward to hunting down the others. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned because I don't play FPL well from behind. Uh, but we'll see how, what what happens. Uh, but I must say I've had a couple of people message me and thank me for the advice and stuff that I've given them in the lead up. I uh, wish I followed some of my own advice. Like Ben Rama. No regrets. No regrets. Really, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite happy with what what's going on so far, except the Bruno thing. But yeah, we'll discuss that I'm sure later on the, this this evening. Okay. As as Poorly as uh, you you guys did, <laughs> as poorly as I did too, and as great as the people who took our advice, too bad, like you said, we don't listen to our own advice, coming in number one for the pot, hitting the first hundred, opening up with a ton, Nashlin Pather, he has been on the show as a host before, but that man is a busy man, but just know that he is a chartered accountant, so I wonder if he knows a little too much about the numbers, he hit 100 with finding Timo. Uh, coming in second was Devin Kempen with Dev's Redman 88. He had 99 points along with Jock Tace with Taxman. Again, I wonder if it has to do anything to do with the accounting. Another 99 points followed in by Cam Jacobs with Show Me the Money on 97 and Greg Young with Ohana Spirit FC. Ohana, that means family in uh, Maori, isn't it? Let's just say yes. Okay, cool. And that was 97 points for for Greg Young over there. So congratulations, guys. Now, 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 straight into it, we open up this weekend with what could be a humdinger, Liverpool versus Burnley. And I assume watching, obviously, what had happened in the first game with uh, Liverpool, and, you know, there was... (sighs) It wasn't that Allison was tested often enough, I suppose, but when, when he was called upon, the defense didn't look that bad, although I know Virgil looked a little bit sluggish, but I think things are going to start. You can't start up on a high. I don't think that's always the best way to go. I think it's nice to build up um, through the season and, and get that type of form in. But Liverpool versus Burnley, it seems like this should be an easy game for Liverpool. Andres, what are your thoughts? A bit of revenge. I think Burnley were the team that started Liverpool's demise at Anfield. Um, that started our bad run 
um, a few uh, last season. So I think with the fans back, uh, Liverpool a point to prove. Virgil van Dijk back. I think Leighton was actually the perfect tonic. I know you say he wasn't great. He was never going to be great. But the mm. fact that we got the clean sheet, the fact that Edison made his saves, I think van Dijk was playing within himself. And you could see how much better it makes the team already. Again, you can see Trent's going to be a better option this year. Robinson, when he's back, will be a better option. Timikas is a very good option for those that jumped on board there. And um, I'm looking forward to him unleashing the front four against uh, teams like this. I- I've got a feeling Jota, Firmino, Salah, and Mane will play. And there was two things I do really Do you think they play at the it. same time, all four at the same time? I do. I think against teams like Burnley, I think they will. Against uh, teams in the bottom half, more often than not, I think he'll play the four and, and just go with the two midfielders in A. Fabinho and Henderson or Cato or Oxlade Chamberlain. I, I don't think he needs the luxury of having three of them chasing all over the field. Mm. And I will say, Liverpool actually looked very good for me. Like uh, they look like a team that is on track to to be back to where they need to be. And um, I see them winning very, very comfortably. And for many people, I'm sure the armband will be on Salah this week. Uh, it is a game that um, I think he'll flourish at. He looks happy. Maybe by tomorrow, Salah will have a contract signed, an extension contract with Liverpool for the next three to four years, which could uh, get him going um, wanting that contract goal. So I'm, I'm actually predicting a comfortable win for Liverpool. Um, I'd still, for those people that have him, I know he's going to play 60 minutes and we touched on it. We said Jota, is, I actually see more than anything that he's actually a very good signing at 7.5 because if he plays for 60 minutes, he's involved in everything. And even mm. if he comes on for 30 minutes, you can see him getting a goal here and there. So um, I think for those that have Jota, stick with him and um, don't rule out Mane too early. Mane actually looked quite interesting in that game. He also looks like he's found his, his rhythm again. And the front three look happy. And for those that always moan about Salah's selfishness, um, I saw about four instances where he laid on two teammates that could score. And if that is going to happen this season, then the support players in Firmino, Jota and Mane are going to score just as many goals as him. So I'm going to predict another 3-0 Liverpool result. And um, I see Salah scoring two this week and between Jota and Mane scoring the other one. And yeah, and hopefully the double clean sheet because I'm sticking with the Timikas, um Trent Alexander one. Okay, Timikas obviously was a great signing, a no-brainer, but we are seeing that Andy Robinson is back in training. Jay, just one quick question on the other side of that. Are we looking past Burnley too quickly? I know Burnley uh, did lose to Brighton 2-1 in the first game of the season, but they did not look bad. Burnley looked half decent, but I think uh, Andreas made a key point there, and that's something that I'm looking at, is that the Liverpool win streak at home was broken by Burnley. So I think I think that will have the player for it. And, uh, we've got to look for these things in terms of analysing to see what, what, what is the motivation there. So Burnley was the team that broke the win streak for, for Liverpool, and Liverpool went in a spiral, I think, five or six defeats at home thereafter. <clears throat> so I think um, the Liverpool boys will be up for it. Normally, I, I don't predict a lot of goals in the, in the early kickoff. Last week, I did. And that prediction came came accurate with, with the Leeds-Man United game. So I, I do think uh, Liverpool should get a few goals in terms of payback. Uh, however, I think the one stat that we need to look at historically, uh, uh, Salah, game week two, uh, doesn't generally fire, doesn't generally do well. Uh, I think he set the record for scoring in game week one. I think five consecutive game week ones that Salah's uh, scored. Uh, 
Uh, and Salah also doesn't enjoy playing against Burnley. So um, based on the fact that Salah doesn't enjoy, he doesn't get a lot of goals against Burnley, and I looked at the previous uh, games, as well as uh, mm-hmm. the fact that it's uh, it's the second game week where he does well in the first game week, and historically he doesn't really shoot the lights out. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm backing the fact that uh, him and Mane seem to have got a good relationship going again this season. There's a lot of bromance between the two of them. Uh, and Mane generally at home, he's, he's quite, he, he plays well in front of the fans as well. So I'm ex- my captaincy is on, is on Mane. Um, I'm swinging between, between Greenwood and, and Mane because Greenwood has Southampton. But uh, I think, yeah, Liverpool get it. But my only concern is that early kickoff. But I think the vengeance factor should should allow for three goals there. So as Andreas has predicted, three goals. But I'm going to go two for two for Mane. Hopefully, which helps me get back uh, into the swing of things because I think Mane is a massive differential. Very uh, good, Mane. very good differential, uh, man, Jeremy. And that's the reason I didn't touch my side uh, for this game week. It's same same captaincy uh, because when in my planning I focused on on three, four game weeks. So I, I felt I, my, my, my rationale was good. My points was poor, but uh, yeah, money captain for me, unless unless I jump on the Greenwood bandwagon later on. Okay, cool. For the listeners for the listeners out there, don't be scared to go on that differential money. It, it, you could get good points out of that. Okay. So Jay, um, into the second game, where we're looking, oh, sorry, what was your final score prediction, Jay, for the Liverpool game? 3-0. Three 3-0. Three so you and Andreas both on 3-0. I'm not going to bother arguing. I think you boys have said it. I just don't think my captain's going to come out of the Liverpool game, but I'll, we'll get more on that more on that later. Um, so carrying on to Aston Villa, Newcastle. Uh, does Newcastle play football for more than 45 minutes? I think you hit the nail on the head there. I don't know if it's a fitness thing. and Maybe it's the cold northeast that the guys can't train that long because it gets very cold. Because the first 45, the first 15 minutes, we looked like a Man City. The way we counted the speed in which we attacked, um, uh, who was it? Uh, the West Ham's team. Uh, I was I was blown away. I, I was I was posting on the groups that I was on uh, Newcastle gifts and celebrating the goals and and the way that Wilson took the goal. And I think I spoke about Saint Max not ruling him out in terms of although he's out of position, but mm. if Wilson scores the assist will come from St. Max, and I was glad to hit that call on the head as well. Um, we, we looked fantastic the first 25 minutes, the speed in which we, the cut and thrust that we had. Mm. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was blown away but that Steve Bruce would set us up that way. Uh, I think we're traveling now to Tupola, and um, maybe on away from home, he may not play that, that type of football, but I think we, we spoke about it um, in the lead-up to the season that Newcastle have the potential to play really big attractive brand of football and with Joe Willock probably coming in he's been our talisman towards the end of the season and probably we need that bit of stability in the middle does he does he break the record Jeremy does he break Alan record no no, you can't no never never all Shearer's record will stand until I am six feet under then someone will come and I will not uh, I will do probably a bomb bomb threat if uh, if Harry Kane one day comes wow. close to that two. <laughs> That's intense. That, I'm talking about the no, I'm talking <laughs> about the consecutive, the consecutive goals. I mean, yeah. what if it's a one nil um, Newcastle win at the last minute? Oh. Uh, well, right now the way we're playing, we deserve to get the win. Uh, I first half football I refer to. Uh, however, I think I think that uh, Aston Villa's uh, side will will come together pretty well. Their defense uh, is very poor, though. 
Aston Villa defense is terrible. They have they have Martinez they have Martinez in goal and he was phenomenal last season. I think they just they they haven't had much disruptions in in the defense. Um, it's 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 that uh, Bailey coming into the midfield and obviously how Ings Ings fits into that team getting a 96 minute penalty last game week. Mm. Uh, so it'll be it'll be a good game. Uh, I, I hope for the one nil for Newcastle, but uh, I, I think I think Villa may have too much for us. Probably one nil in Villa's favour. Okay, Andreas. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, are you on the same boat? Because I do think Willock does come in there. I do think Willock breaks the the consecutive record, and I do yeah. think that man's a differential. Yeah, I have a, a spot on. He's definitely a differential. I must tell you, um, I probably would have caught um, Mr. Lloyd or Pumlani if I just went with Willock instead of uh, Saint Maximan at the end of the season because he seemed to be their man that was going to get them through, and he was getting an average eight nine points in the last six games. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, buddy. Could have, would have, should have. So maybe do it this time. Mm. Um, I will say I'm, I'm quite excited about him in that. Thing. The one thing I want to talk about in the game is I was so excited to um, prove all my friends wrong. And I was also texting them like Jeremy when Wilson scored in the first few minutes. I thought, yeah, we go. He's going to outscore um, um, the West Ham man, Antonio. And that didn't happen. So, Jeremy, thank you for that. Thank you for the false hope that I got out of that game. But I did like the way Newcastle played, I must say. Aston Villa, that was one of the worst halves of football, I think, they played um, their first halves in contrast. That was 70 minutes of it. I'll say 1-1. I think Newcastle will be good for the draw. Villa 1-1. And I think think that man, Danny Ings, again, and Wilson for Newcastle. Okay. I I do think, though... Sorry, Jay. I do think that uh, Andreas might uh, might be calling it a little bit low. I do think it does become a little bit more free flowing, and I know Jay that you said you didn't expect it to be that free flowing, but I wouldn't be si- be surprised if Newcastle is involved in another four three thriller, and this time with Villa. I think Bruce has unpacked something there. I see I see John Joe Shelby sitting in the pivot, and he's, he's spreading those balls from quite deep. He's, normally he plays in the eight or the ten. And this time around, he's sitting quite deep, and that allows the speed of uh, Almiron and St. Maximum to get onto the ball. So I've enjoyed watching that. There seems to be quite some structure there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, in terms of even for an outside punt later on in the season to see John Joe with, with a lot of assists coming his way as well, just putting those long balls over the top for the, the speedsters to run onto. Um, yeah, it's probably a long time since I've seen a Newcastle game that I really enjoyed, probably the Leicester game that got... Uh, Liverpool into the Champions League is the one, and I'll remind you guys about that the entire season. Um, I, I'm just going to point out, though, that we finished uh, third, not fourth, so we beat Chelsea too. So even if... Uh, just saying, okay. Uh, no, no I, don't, I don't think you'd have finished fourth. I think I think uh, uh, Leicester would have been in, you'd have finished fifth if had, had we not beaten there. But nevertheless... Yeah, yeah, sure, um, sure. Okay. Quite, yeah, apart from that game, I think uh, Newcastle first half for the fans... Really encouraging. I just don't like the way we, we capitulated. And it was strange because I expected Bruce, being a defensive-minded coach, to probably tighten things up after we started conceding. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but don't uh, forget also, Newcastle were playing against a very good West Ham side. Oh, yes, Ben Rama. Yeah. We, we, didn't, we didn't talk about... Right, we'll get to Ben Rama in the West Ham game West and why Ham. we think he's... Again, you called that differential at the beginning. But uh, let's get there. I just want to fact-check you. So, Jay, if Liverpool had... Uh, if Leicester had won that game, they would have been 69 points along with Liverpool. And it would have meant that, again, uh, Liverpool would have beat them on goal difference. So just by the by, we appreciate what you guys did for us, um, but we didn't need the help. 
it was a turning point, though, for, for um, <laughs> us getting it. the advantage. Okay, but we can't let him throw it in our face the whole yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we just we nip that in the butt nice and early. Then then Jay needs to say what Jay needs to say. Like I need to say what I need to say. And I don't know how many Arsenal fans are turning off after the next thing I say, but uh, it almost seems like you know uh, Arsenal have reverted to mean like they did last season. They're fighting relegation nice and early on in the season. They're already on seventeenth with Brentford coming in on uh, a full three points with a two 0 victory, and they are travelling to Crystal Palace. Is it Brentford's day again? Who wants to take this on? Only one of you. It's a it's a smaller game, Andreas. You want this one? I want to take it on. I want to give the, the man there, Jay, kudos. Uh, I was also looking at the stuff about Umbuemo, and um, I saw enough to say he's going to be a very good differential. He might look just like that like Pereira for West Brom. And the good thing is Tony will score a lot of goals. He will assist a lot of goals. But, wow, that difference in value and the extra point, um, for those listening, go for that man. He looked like he had a lot of chances. If he finishes just one or two of those, um, in most games, they are going to try and attack. Uh, Brentford are going to get caught out a lot, but um, I think you'll get a nice attacking returns. I saw enough um, not to go for their defending players, but it was good to see them play. I think they're going to concede a lot of goals. I know Arsenal didn't score any goals, but I, I do see them still conceding a lot. And I think um, they're lucky now that they've got off to a win. Not lucky, they deserved their win, but that, now that they have got off to a win, to have Crystal Palace to follow that, they could be on two wins. I do think Crystal Palace bounce back, though, and I think that man's aha gets them a win, 1-0 win. Okay, wow. Okay. Thanks, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Andreas. I, I'm completely opposite on that. I think Brentford maintain it. I know that uh, Palace came up against a very, well, very consistent Chelsea. It was, you know, nothing's really changed there. It's been uh, fantastic in a run-in at the end of the season, and it's going to be a fantastic uh, season for Chelsea ahead. But Crystal Palace, completely the opposite of the table. And, and I see them fighting relegation. Um, but then there, there are two teams that I don't think are going to be fighting relegation. They will be our mid-table fights. And, I, and we did call that in our season preview. Uh, Jay, tell me about Leeds versus Everton. Uh, and your takeaways from there. I think after Everton conceded, I thought, wow, okay, uh, Everton's going to capitulate in the, in this game because they went down early. And um, the way the guys fought back, um, I think there's a lot of positive talks around the amount of crosses going into the box for Calvert-Lewin. And I think in the Premier League, apart from probably Callum Wilson, I don't think there's a better header for football uh, currently or aerially sound than Calvert-Lewin. So if they're putting those mound of crosses in, um, he's going he's gonna to get on the end of a few of them. And he even mentioned that so he's enjoying the fact, the, the service that Rafa structure is giving him. So I think Everton, Everton could, be, could be the dark horse once again. Um, Leeds, on the other hand, are going to look to come back. I think Rafinha was so unlucky and uh, kept on cringing every time he was on the ball. I think he struck the upright once or, uh, and... Uh, he had a couple of big opportunities in that game against Manchester United, but he still looks at his electrical self. And yeah, I think Liverpool Liverpool missed the missed the, missed the opportunity there, or maybe if he's still in the, in the pipeline to sign because he hasn't had that drop off or second season syndrome, as they call it. So he still looks the real deal. So from an FPL point of view, uh, I think Leeds is gonna and Rafinha is gonna do pretty well. Um, I don't think Bamford's gonna have the same season as well. I, I, my punt in that Leeds team has got to be Rodrigo, but I don't know what happened. He didn't fit the structures 
after the first half, I mean, you know, I think with all the goals conceded, uh, that's what I like about Bielsa. He'll mm-hmm. try something. He took uh, Rodrigo off. Um, <clears throat> this should be a very good game. This is probably, uh, for me, I think on Saturday, one of the games uh, to watch in terms of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, two, and two master tacticians, Rafa versus Bielsa. Uh, so this is probably a game that I'm looking forward to on, on, on Saturday. Uh, sure, it's a tough one to call. But after Leeds uh, having that massive defeat against uh, Manchester United, I'm going to have to hope that Leeds bounce back. Um, and probably probably a, a 1-0 a 1-0 victory. Sure. I, I almost want to say a draw. I almost want to say a draw. But I think Leeds will need to come back. And that coach has got a lot of uh, fire in him in terms of inspiring his players. Uh, again, it's too early to call. Uh, so, But I'm going to be on the fence and say 1-0 to Leeds. Okay, so but, then, sorry, it's, Andreas. It's before you pipe in there, before you pipe in there, I just want to give some credit where it's due. We we did make the call that Ailing would be someone to watch in the defenders and at, on your FPL at four point five million. What a smashing shot against uh, Man what United! A what a goal! So he did keep a lot of clean sheets last season. Yeah, so there is, there is value there, and you always you kind of have that feeling that we, if Leeds are going to go down, they are going to go down. Um, attacking, <laughs> it's going to happen. So yeah, there will be days when they they concede plenty, but it does go the other way. But the thing is, what you are saying with Everton, and I know Andreas spoke heavily about Richarlison, and I think you had him in your team. What a yeah, good I just call! Want to say I just want to speak about that now. So no, just Jay, give me your credit. It's going to be it's going to be four. Richarlison score four, Dinier with four assists, wow. and Rafinha with four goals. It's quite easy. <laughs> you know, no, all jokes aside, we, there's another factor that you need to take into your mind. Where I think you're right, yeah. Bielsa, the tactician, Benitez there. I think it's going to be a great game. I hope it is a high-scoring draw, but I do see Leeds coming out on top. A decade to play in front of a Premier League crowd again um, at Leeds United Stadium um, is going to be something special. You know, for them, it's going to be something special. Yeah, I do. I do think uh, what exactly what you guys are saying, and I do think it does land up in a draw. And but it's probably going to be in the region of about two-two. It will be a back and forth game. Maybe the odd goal wins it, but it is probably going to be like Jay said, a very exciting match on Saturday to watch. However, I do think a lot more people will be watching uh, what we would perceive is going to be the goal fest. At uh, at the Etihad, Man City take on Norwich. My captain is going to be Morris, I believe. I think it's going to come right. Morris will captain this one uh, for me this week. I don't think he has another bad week. I think Man City bounce back. They bounce back big, and I think it could be as far as sure. We're going beyond five year for City this weekend. Sure, I think uh, I think that happens, and okay. and I would not be surprised. They will hurt Norwich. I don't think Norwich looked um, particularly great against Liverpool, and Liverpool weren't on anywhere close to top gear. I think City need this more than anything else. I think uh, Ferran Torres needs some goals now. I'm not sure if De Bruyne is back, and I don't think Foden is back till after the the break. So yeah, I don't think he said. I don't think he'd risk the De Bruyne. He wants him to train for another week, so I think he comes off the bench again. So again, I think it's uh, Ferran Torres and Mares up front. So if you are going to keep that, that was the intention in my uh, my 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 league or my team to keep them for the first two two weeks. So now Man City, um, they obviously lost against Tottenham. But what were the takeaways from that for you, Andres? 
that I think um, you're wrong um, of one player. I think Torres was a good punt and he will be a good punt. My takeaway was the way Pep spoke about Grealish. So I, I will tell you the point one curse hit me. Um, Pepe dropped in value, so I wanted to do a straight swap. I kept money in the bank to do a straight swap for Grealish for this fixture. I've now had to take a hearts out because I don't want to go minus points, and I've put Grealish in. I've got the double up, and I'm still contemplating. So I've got Mares and Grealish later, and I am still contemplating taking the armband off Salah for Grealish to home goals, uh, the way Pep was talking. So my takeaways were not a great result, not the most fluent game, not enough chances and opportunities, but um, I think you're right. They City, everything sets them up now with a loss, playing Norwich, we've just come up. I could see them scoring four or five goals. Um, I think Maris is a great, great differential, and he's explosive. I think uh, mm. Jay spoke about the ceiling quite often last year, and he's one of those guys that when he goes big, he goes big. He can score two goals and an assist quite easily. Um, that is my same mentality on Grealish, to be honest with you. I think Ferran is a bit too risky. Yeah, but Grealish might. is 22% owned already, uh, where Morris is only 7.7%. No, no, understood. I, I, yeah. I'm more talking about there's a lot of guys that will not ship Bruno. So City players are a good differential this week. Let's put it that way. So a lot of the guys that didn't have any City players on either had to go use a wild card, mm. minus four, minus eight, to get two City players in. So if you've got City players for this week, you're in the pound seats. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go high scoring. I think you're right, Nathan, 4-5-0 as well. Um, I'm just going to say that the, the player of the game in terms of fantasy league points, I believe, will be Grealish in this game. Mm. I think in front of his home fans, first time, Pep will, will motivate him to want to go score goals. And he said it, you know, he said he wants him to be in and around that final third, shooting and dribbling and stuff like that. So I've taken the punt. I was going to take Pepe out. I had to take a Vart out, which I'm not totally happy about because I think Avati is still going to do well but I'm going to back Grealish for a couple of weeks and see how it goes so that's my prediction 4-0 Man City okay Jay you know I used to be very bullish on Man City and and last season I had three players from the get-go for most of the season Um, I saw in that game against Tottenham similar and and I even called that Tottenham is a is a bogey side for them they struggle Mm -hmm. against Tottenham Um. I, I don't see them being as creating as much opportunity, uh, and 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 looking at the the player stats there, I think not not a single one had had any ex, had expected goal uh, to uh, involvement of greater than one from that city side, and that's strange because they generally create a hell of a lot. But maybe maybe I'm not giving Nuno enough credit at Tottenham uh, for the way that he he and, and he did it with Wolves as well. He's, he's got, he has a way of of countering Pep. Uh, I just, I just somehow don't feel that it's going to be as high scoring. Yes, they will win, uh, bouncing back in front of their their home fans. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually going for a one 0 here, and uh, I'm hope, I'm hope, I'm hoping to be wrong. Uh, I do have. I'm players, hoping you're wrong as well. One, the only one uh, Man City asset in previous seasons, I would have transferred out and would have had uh, Man City double up already. Uh, I've just decided to wait and watch because. From the way that they create, and that my issue with Grealish address is that him and Sterling share the same spot. So I saw the heat map for the for the game, and they were almost holding hands. Was the comments uh, around that? So I believe for Grealish to flourish, Sterling must be on the bench. I don't, I don't see them coexisting in the team because Grealish has got 
on that left. I think you're right, Jeremy. Just just to add in there, I think you're spot on, and I think uh, Pepe's going to play him further forward. The one thing I was saying on Grealish, just to add into what you're saying, there is he's always done well at Villa against the smaller teams. Like he unlocks them. I also at a stage when 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 uh, Mares came out, I thought Sterling was going to switch to to the opposite wing and be similar to the time when Sane Sane played on the left and Sterling played on the right, taking away that inverted uh, opportunity. And it was strange that he still kept him, he kept Sterling angry. And then Grealish further went to the left thing when Sterling came off the field. So I think that's the only that's the only issue there. But yeah, Man City is the best attacking side in the league, playing against Norwich, which should be the hiding boys of the season. So just looking at the creation against Tottenham and using the one game data. So I think for the listeners, one game, two games is still too early to mm. make definitive calls and, and and to throw the baby out with the with the bathwater. So, but just it, it gave me shades of of last season, the first few games where they were slow out the blocks. I see that again happening. So I'm going to go a one 0 Man City win. Maybe Daniel Farker being more defensive away from home, not taking as many chances. Uh, Jay, uh, I I just where where does the origin of uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater come from? Who, I mean, who does that? How is that <laughs> even a saying? <laughs> Have you have you not heard it before? I I have, but I'm just okay, I never okay. thought we'd 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 say it on an FPL podcast. <laughs> it's just okay. It's it's a little bit think, strange, and I, I suppose I have to accept it's strange because you did say uh, Man City one 0 I completely disagree because my captain is Mares, and there's no way that he scores less than three goals this week. Cannot happen. Does not happen. It is Again, what it is. Man City three points and a hiding. So game we've spoken about now where we've got different captains, which is going to be nice because there's definitely differential captains this week. Okay, but uh, another okay. Well, while we talk about differentials, um, Ishmael Zar for Watford, and I know we spoke about him, and I know we spoke how good he is. First, first game game week, Watford come out and they smash Aston Villa three two. Aston Villa got two goals in the last twenty minutes. That game was Watford's. And they play Brighton. Yeah. And Leighton, we spoke about Ishmael Saar. We put him in the in the team, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the podcast team. He's a great player. There's no doubt when, when teams like uh, like Man United and Liverpool are tracking you and they've been trying to get you to come play for their team and you've stayed with your team. I think last season, by the way, in the championship, after the game I went and did some research, he was the top um, assister. Um, he was the top goal scoring opportunities for Watford, top shots for Watford. So everything goes through him. 100%. So if you're worried about a player that you need a differential and a player that's going to play 90 minutes for his team and actually do something for his team, if, if you actually think Watford can score one game a goal, you find yourself a banker that can score you 67 points every week at that price range. You've got to think about it that way. So he's on my radar, yeah. um, but I'm going to look at him from game week four and five onwards. I've always liked him as a player. Watford actually looked very, very decent to your mm-hmm. point, Leighton. Um, there's going to be games where they're not going to be great, but I think sure. the fixture now that they've won that game... Did the Villa make them game, look good? I think they did, but they did play well. And I think Watford, we did say Watford would be solid. They know all about coming up and going down. They've been this yo-yo team. They they want to try and be a bit more stable. And their way of being stable is trying to attack. And they've got they've got now some know-how in how to play in the Premier League. So I like this fixture. 
Um, for those people, again, I've always said Brighton are on a very good attacking team as well. Uh, and I'm going to say it again. You guys are probably going to say, oh, Andres, you're drumming on the old year and it doesn't work. If you want a, Bra- a Brighton differential, go the Marpe. Yeah. Ismail Asar at Watford is a good signing, and I could see goals here. I'm going to go for a Brighton home win, 2-1, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ended 2-2, and that meant Saar does it for Watford and Marpe for Brighton. Jake, quick score prediction over there, and if you have any thoughts on that, different to Andreas. And I'm, I'm in full agreement. I think the only reason I don't have Ismail Asar in my in my starting lineup is because I thought Pepe, um, uh, former Big Six team. Thank you, again, Pepe. Former Big Brentford. Six. <clears throat> I thought, you know, I thought, I really there goes thought more Arsenal listeners. Uh, Thanks uh, a lot. I promoted that Pepe would have, would have a higher ceiling than uh, Ismail yeah. Asar. Um, that was one of the, one of the reasons why I, I punted for Ismail Asar to be in our pods team. Mm. Uh, and I think I've got him in, in my draft team as well. So as soon as as soon as the, the the transfer for next week opens, he probably is my first signing that I'm bringing in for the season will be Saar. So I think Andreas on the money. I'm looking at a two-two, a two-two draw. Um, I think it's just it's just horrible for my keeper because I've got Bachman, so he's going to concede. <laughs> uh, so two-two draw there for Brighton versus Watford. Okay, so that closes out Saturday. Uh, Sunday starts off with a team that started off with a flyer. It was practically a goal, a shot. Man United are traveling to Southampton. Southampton, obviously, not having a great time. They had a great first half. They they were leading at half time um, in in their match against Everton, and obviously Everton powered through against them to get the result. Does that change for Southampton against United, or is this another shoe in where you think Greenwood, Fernandez, definitely is Cavani back and starting because that also affects things? I don't think Cavani's starting because they played. They, they had a um, they had a friendly against Burnley behind closed doors, and Cavani apparently didn't start there. Um, so I don't know if Cavani would start, um, but I, I think Sancho is the one that's probably going to start this game week. Um, Southampton at home have been abysmal. They're, they're two, the, the two times they've conceded the nine goals against Leicester and against Man United um, have been at home. So they've had a horrible home record for the last two seasons. Mm. And the confidence against uh, with the Man United boys is going to be very high. But I mean, uh, I think it, it probably can go down to a certain extent as a fluke. Because, and, and I say this with all due respect, is that uh, Paul Pogba got four assists in the game. Last season, he got three assists the entire season. So, I mean, that is totally performing way, way, way above. And not, again, Pogba is an incredible player whenever the transfer window is open and contract negotiations are afoot. Then, <laughs> then, he's, then he's the French, the, the French the Pogba. Uh, and then, obviously, as you highlighted earlier, Bruno, Bruno had four shots, uh, three goals, um, all, all, all shots on target. Uh, so that, that never happened. I think Bruno's first hat-trick uh, in the Premier League and no penalties as well. That that is absolutely crazy. So I think I think Man United beat Southampton. I think Greenwood could really dominate in this game. Um, so as I said earlier on, if I was if I was swaying between Mane uh, captaincy, the other option would be probably Mason Greenwood uh, against the Southampton side. That's without uh, Spenerick. That's gone. Yeah, mm. Spenerick's gone to Leicester. Vestergaard. Is it Vestergaard? Vestergaard yeah, yes. to Leicester. That's, that's, that's gone to, to Leicester. So they're going to have some holes there. And neither of their keepers, I think I think the coach complained about 
the keeper as well. So I think neither of the keepers really inspire any confidence. I must also just mention Adam Armstrong. I mean, we mentioned him taking shots and scoring, and I was quite uh, surprised that he got one so early. Somebody uh, has him in their team. Someone has him on their team. Oh, is it? Let's let's focus on your address. Yes, you're right. This <laughs> podcast is about Andreas. So, did you listen to the podcast, uh, Adam Armstrong? Yeah. So he looks he looks to be when, when they get when Southampton comes up against weak opposition. I think he, he should he should do pretty well. Apparently, his goals is uh, is got the, the most goals excluding penalties. If you take penalties out of the equation from the championship, I think he's top goal scorer. Apparently, from what I saw, I speak on the correction there. Uh, so yeah, but Man United, Man United to run right over Southampton, probably a four 0 Let's hope, uh, let's hope Greenwood uh, gets those four, and not a certain Bruno. I think most people's captaincy is swaying between Bruno and Salah this game week. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. The team that impressed me the most, game week one, Man United. Um, I got it wrong. I actually, to be honest with you, I only had didn't have Bruno out of default because. To that extent, I do think they've got so many luxury options now. I thought their play is going to happen with Sancho coming in, Greenwood, Martial, Bruno, Pogba. They, they're going to share the goals and assists. So I'm Why did you change happens. from Sancho? Because uh, when we were going on the, the week before, uh, game week one preview. Because I heard on Friday that he wasn't going to throw someone in. Like yeah. He just doesn't, wasn't going to throw someone into the team. And I thought that didn't give me enough confidence of a manager that's going to say, I'm going to give him his debut. He's going to play in front of a fan, uh, full crowd. So that was it. Then later I had to make a decision to not go United at all. It's hurt me. I mean, those first, uh, those first that first game, I thought, oh, I'm going to be lost. You know, Bruno Fernandes. I was lucky that it was only a hat-trick. But kudos to him. Kudos to Man United, the Man United fans. I think you're going to have a good season. Um, Southampton, you're right. They either capitulate or they, they pull a result out of nowhere. Adam Armstrong, I took a punt on him based on what he did last season. He's a goal scorer out and out. And I wouldn't be surprised if he matches or betters what Danny Ings did for Southampton, if I'm honest. Wow. That's why I put him in. I think he's a shoe in for goals. Um, to the point, he was playing in a very poor Blackburn Rovers team and scored 26 goals last season in the championship. And the season before, he scored goals as well. So he, he knows how to find the back of the net. Um, so I'm going to stick with him, and I actually might start him. Depending on who my fifth midfield is, I might start him because I do see them scoring a goal. I see United winning comfortably, and my only hope Final is that score? it's a goal. 3-1 United. Jay? I'm hoping that's only a goal somewhere to each player. I said I said four no four no okay okay yeah I I'm very much on the I think I said it in the previous in the preview season preview I don't think Southampton make it out of the yeah you did the the Premier League this season well so I don't think they make it still in after this season I think it is a a season that sees them go down. Now, another team which obviously has been on the struggle and, you know, in Wolves, they, they did play against Leicester, um, and they did lose 1-0. And phew, I tell you what, man, there were some very interesting things that I, I took, I took away from Wolves. While they were attacking, and, and this for me might be a differential from their squad and just watching him play. I know last season when, when we spoke about uh, Kilman, he was kind of like a stand-in man. But wow, is that man looking like he's going to be involved in goals for Wolves going forward this season? Maybe they get some clean sheets. I mean, Leicester only scored one goal against him, and we thought it was going to possibly be a hammering. Now, Wolves are, again, 
playing against another tough side. They are playing in Spurs, who are obviously riding a high. Harry Kane has come back. He is in training. It, it might be something where he's going to commit to the team, or who knows until we don't know until the transfer window closes and how he's going to be after that. But Wolves versus Spurs, I know it's not the game of uh, Sunday, but it might be the most interesting match for me. Jay, think, your takeaway? I think Traore looked pretty good um, the previous game as well. Yeah. I think he's, mm. he's, he's had a, quite a bit of shots, but generally he's a bit uncontrolled. Um, the one, the one Wolves and his player, position, Jeremy, the second striker. Mm. Yeah, the one, the one Wolves player that that caught my attention, and I have him in my squad, is uh, Hoover, the, the ex Liverpool uh, youngster, at four point zero, and he started as well. So that was, and it uh, will be interesting to see. So again, we're not going to make our minds up about the entire season based on the first game week. Yeah, sure. But Hoover, Hoover at four point zero is is an interesting choice. Uh, but coming up against a Tottenham side and. I think we said it that with Kane's not there, the go-to man's going to be Son, and Son Son looked pretty good against Man City, uh, and I can't see him uh, not scoring against Wolves or, or being very involved there uh, as well. I think the other standout, the two standout players, they seem to be playing the similar type of Wolves brand where you had Traore breaking out of the midfield, Bergwijn and uh, Lucas Moura for mm-hmm. Tottenham as well. They look they look pretty pretty involved in in that game as well. So it'll be Nuno's, Nuno's new team against his old team. Uh, Wolves at home. I, What's I the reception I, like? No, it's a good reception. I think yeah, I think he's done. He's done okay by the Wolves fans. And until until Tottenham smashed them. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I think Nuno made the made the comment. I saw there was a comment that yeah, Tottenham gets to play Portugal. <laughs> I found that I found that quite hilarious. And don't uh, forget, uh, guys. Tottenham has to play tomorrow as well, hey. In Europe, mm. is, is there is there pre qualification or yeah yeah Europa League qualification? Okay, so you, and yeah, that'll be that'll be that'll be interesting then. But that's what they're playing on Sunday then. Um, so with Wolves at home after the after that defeat, I think Jimenez will need a little bit of time coming into his own. He's looked a bit uh, rusty. Sorry, Andreas, uh, I, I apologize for that. Are, are you a day off? Have you lost another day, guy? Today uh, is Thursday. Thursday. Apologies, they play this evening. Yes, yes. Getting old, gentlemen. Getting old. Okay, sorry, Jay. Uh, right back to you. I think, I think, uh, I think a one-one draw here. Wolves versus Tottenham. Okay. Yo, uh, Tottenham impressed me. Um, I think we called the punt on Deli Ali. I don't know if it was off air, Jeremy, or on air. I think Deli Ali is going to be good value if you're looking at good value in Spurs. But I did see enough Kane staying or Kane leaving. I am definitely finding a place for Son. I think he's going to be a captain uh, differential most weeks. Mm-hmm. And to Jeremy's point, I see him nearly scoring in every game. I, I like the way he plays. I'm going to go for Spurs to continue the momentum after the City win and, and win this 2-1. Okay. So I, I have uh, the plan is to bring Son in on game week three and captain him. That is my plan uh, as as the going forward. Uh, and then, yeah, so from, from my side, the Wolves versus Spurs game going to be very interesting because Wolves don't, I don't think they're going to be as complacent as a City side would be. I think it's going to be a tough day in the office for Spurs. And I see... I, I see, uh, I see something a very low scoring, like you said, possibly by the odd goal, possibly a draw. 
I cannot pick a winner, but it's not going to be something. There's not going to be a large amount of goals scored. Then we're off into what is going to be the humdinger for the, for the weekend. Another London derby, Arsenal at home to Chelsea. So it's low flying Arsenal versus high flying Chelsea. Wow. I, I saw enough videos of fan reactions, Arsenal fan reactions. And I'm going to have to put it this way. They are not happy. So we're not ragging on you boys. I think we're, I think we're, it's more of a, a tongue in cheek point and laugh kind of thing because you know, it's not our team. It's yours because we assume you'd be laughing at, at us if it was, if it was happening to us, but it's a little bit sad. Does Arteta actually have a plan for Arsenal? Jay. I think uh, going into the game, like we assumed he had a plan, and then with the news that Lacazette and Aubameyang have flu or some sort of illness, and then to find out later that it's not really illness, it's just a bit of a discipline or lack of commitment to the team, that's the reason why he, he didn't start them. Um, those are two key cogs in that uh, Arsenal armory. And obviously, when I heard that, I thought, well, Pepe is going to dominate against the Brentford side. So I, I, I brought Pepe back into my team. Uh, they've just they've just, they've made two additional signings of Odegaard and uh, Ramsdale this week. So they're talking about them spending 130 million in the transfer window. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of Aaron Ramsdale at all. Uh, ben White didn't didn't really win many fans over with his performance against Brentford mm. as well. Having said that, I think Arsenal have, uh, have done well over the last two years. They're two years undefeated against Chelsea in the Premier League. So they, they, they show up for that derby match. Um, whether they have the, the, the players to do that, uh, I don't know what's the extent of Partey's injury. But I must say, uh, Smith Rowe, for the future, that, that youngster looked electric in that game. Uh, a little bit more composure, a little bit more experience. I think he could be the ten number 10 that they're really looking for. Uh, I was very really impressed by him, um, and even even that new signing Lakongo as well in, in, in the pivot position. He, he seemed to, for for, for a debut, he, he handled himself pretty well. I think at the end of the day, you need to score goals to win, and uh, that Chelsea side don't concede goals. Uh, whether Arteta has a plan, uh, I don't know. Maybe the baby is following Ole's uh, route in terms of getting out of players uh, deadwood or that doesn't meet the. Meet, meet his plans or the project plans that he has. Uh, I know the Arsenal fans are starting to lose patience now, mm. or they've already lost it, especially after that defeat. No, they haven't just lost patience. They're losing their minds. Losing their minds. 2-0. Two 2-0. Two if, if Arsenal beats Chelsea 2-0 in that game, the fans are back. The uh, greatest manager ever, Arteta. Absolutely. <laughs> and 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 he's kind of done that as well, the FA Cup, uh, FA Cup, I think the Community Shield as well that he's won yeah. uh, with Arsenal. That's that's bought him a lot of uh, grace uh, with the fans. Um, but uh, they didn't. We're watching them, and especially after going down against uh, Brentford, they didn't look like they were going to score many or create that many opportunities. Uh, maybe Brentford was just overhyped for the day, and Arsenal just didn't pitch up. Uh, I, one thing I do like about Arteta's side is it's a bunch of youngsters. Mm. Um, they're gonna they're gonna have the energy. They're gonna run ninety minutes for him. They're gonna walk off out of position. And I'm sure any coach wants that. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping for Pe- I've kept Pepe in my side. I'm hoping for him to to get his, a corner assist and maybe the penalty because he's on set pieces for them. 
I think Pepe, and Pepe shows up against the big teams. Uh, he scored a few against Manchester United as well. So um, I've kept Pepe in. Um, that uh, Chelsea side is going to have uh, Lukaku. Yeah. But let's uh, uh, let me let me let me interject here because I'm going to throw this in Andreas's direction before we talk about Lukaku. I have always been a, a big supporter of the Marcus Alonso, especially for FPL. And with Chilwell coming back, and I believe he's back this week, does Marcus Alonso start? If Chilwell is fit, is it is there any good reason to take Marcus Alonso off? Leighton, um, I could actually um, just stand in front of Tuchel and give him a good punch in the head because um, I had Alonso in up until two minutes before closing. And due to his Tuchel roulette, I took him out because you looked at how he played in the cup final and you almost think to yourself, how do you not play Marcus Alonso? Mm-hmm. Then he plays the way he does. He gets 15 points. I'll go jump on the bandwagon to get him in. And then he benches him against Chilwell. So I'm going to stay away from it uh, because I think he's going to rotate them week in, week out. That's what I think is going to happen. Yes, must be but I don't believe he's a form player right now. I don't believe it should be. That was a 13-point turnaround for me. I actually put Digne in two minutes before the deadline went out for uh, Alonso. I was going to take a punt on Alonso. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go with my gut there. I love him as a player. Let's be honest. When he's on the field for Chelsea, he is not only a good attacking option. He is the attacking option. And now think of him with a Lukaku in there and those crosses. Mm. I mean, the man will be magic. So if he plays, but I want to quickly touch on a bit of what um, Jeremy said about Arsenal. I think they are so fixated that they lost one game and it wasn't a good start for them. Let's be fair. But any new team coming up could pitch up and Brentford did pitch up. Um, I'm also keeping Pepe in. I haven't decided yet if I'm starting Armstrong or Pepe. That would be my two players that I'm going to decide between at the last minute. But uh, he does show up. I'm hoping Arsenal show up if I play him. And I do think they'll be better for it. Um, I think uh, people have jumped and hopped on it. And I want to stick up for some Arsenal fans there and throw stick at some United fans. I am loving the banter and the way the United fans are going ballistic. Just post-Ferguson, post-Wenger, Arsenal have been more successful than Man United still. So as much as they're giving them so much things, they've won three trophies to the one that they won. <laughs> so it, it's crazy that Arsenal are getting all this flack when they've actually been a little bit more successful in a really terrible period. So Chelsea were the second best team for me this weekend. Um, Leighton, Lukaku will score goals for fun. He comes straight into that team. Mm. He'll bully defences. I hope Arsenal Does he play up. with Timo up front or is Timo the bench man? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Jeremy. You could probably add into that just now. I'm going to go prediction. Chelsea look very strong this year. I'm going to go Chelsea to win this game 2-1. I hope Pavard doesn't score because of the point one curse we had to take him out, but he probably does. Um, I don't know, Leighton. I just know that I think Chelsea will be there fighting for the title come the end. I think Arsenal will be okay, and I hope they pitch up my... My uh, my head tells me two one Chelsea. My heart tells me one one with a Pepe goal. Okay, Jay, tell me, uh, Lukaku replaces Timo, or will they change the structure up front to accommodate both? I think I think with your earlier question as well regarding Alonso, I think Tuchel will rotate as per the opposition. So he he picks horses for courses, it seems, and we know Alonso is a bit slow in terms of defence, and he's not defensively that sound. So if you've got a, a Ismail Assar or uh, Mohamed Salah running up against you, he's not going to play Alonso in that game. What happens uh, if he plays that, him out of position and I plays Chilwell behind him? You bring up a good point. I want Jeremy to answer this. He's onto something here. So he, 
technically what you're saying, Jay, is he probably plays chill well against the better teams where there's more defending. So is it teams. worth is it worth having Marcus Alonso as a fourth choice this year on your bench to actually throw him in against the weak opposition? And and if he doesn't play, generally the other guy will play 90 minutes and you have one player that will come in for him. Is that a good fantasy league um, position to be in? I think it might be. What's 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 Alonso's price? 5.6 uh, 5. 5. now. 5.6 5. 5. now. Yeah, the, the market's very volatile. Mm. Early doors. <laughs> the um, market. <laughs> I think. I think we also. I think we we we, we overlooked a, a, another player and one of one of Leighton your favourites and one of my favourites as well. It was Pulisic, and he, and he got a got a crappy goal. Uh, and if 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 all happens, Pulisic will probably play on on that end of the on that end on the, on the left hand side as well. If you bring in a, a Lukaku and a and a Timo. I believe Timo and Lukaku play together in terms of getting the knockdowns, hold-up play, and getting the speed of, of uh, Timo's stretch defences. Um, one thing, the stat, and, 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 and Lukaku will have to prove me wrong this season, Lukaku is known to be a flat-track bully. So against the lower, the, the lower sides, he, he gets hat-tricks. He, he really runs them ragged, in, and he hurts teams. But against the big bigger teams, uh, Lukaku tends, and in the past, tend to go go missing. So this will be a, quite a test. Hmm. Obviously, coming from from CDR slower league as well, coming into the Premier League against a uh, confident uh, confident depleted yeah. Arsenal side. Um, will he start? Maybe not. Jeremy, I'll... is he a must-have based on what you said he does against lower opposition? I, I have that I question as, later. If we can as, get the fixtures, as the fixtures turn, we know Chelsea's fixtures are horrible uh, after uh, from this game onwards. I think when the fixtures turn. Um, and then you're gonna then you're gonna have to play up against a Harry Kane. Depends where Harry Kane lands and a Lukaku, uh, and and between the two and Harry Kane's Harry Kane's uh, record speaks for himself for his for himself against all opposition. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, if you, I think if you get the balance right, and that's a nice swap to have a Kane in uh, when its fav- fixtures are favorable, and then a Lukaku when it suits him, especially against the, the Minos, because you know Lukaku will hurt them. Mm. Uh, but will, I'm going to use this as Lukaku's addition to see how he does in the Premier League coming up, uh, having been away for a while, um, especially with the speed. And uh, again, Arsenal used to be a big six team. And I, <laughs> I said it with all due respect to them. Uh, but he's, he struggled to score against uh, the, the likes of Arsenal in the past. Uh, so I think early doors, I'll wait and see. And then obviously, as I think it's the first six fixtures for Chelsea is horrible. Mm. Thereafter, and, and that's probably where I'm looking for a wild card as well, is to bring in a Lukaku or a Harry Kane at some stage. Okay, so what what uh, final score year prediction, Jay? 2-1 to Arsenal. 2-1 to Arsenal. Andreas, you were a little bit undecided. I do yeah, think... Uh, Chelsea. I think uh, Chelsea do take this. However, I'm not sure. I think after these next seven weeks, we'll have probably a better idea of how Tuchel is going to set up in the season. He has a lot of depth in that Chelsea team. They're a very good squad, an excellent squad, and I think they're going to be power this season, just looking at what they are up to. Another team that just seems to do it, and let's let's call it, call it what it is, uh, a big four team uh, in recent time, Leicester, are, are, are fighting against what can be a high-flying West Ham who know how to get the ball in the back of the net, and that is on Monday night. What a game for Monday night. This, this might be the best Monday night fixture that we'll have all season. Yeah. That's a proper man, uh, Monday night fixture. Both teams looking good, looking solid. 
Um, I think uh, both these teams are fighting for that same type of position, fifth, sixth place. They're both trying to get into the top four this year. So they've both shown that they can kick on. Mm. And I think um, I like West Ham. I must say to you, the only reason I don't have a West Ham player is uh, embarrassment of riches. Uh, do you get Ben Rama? Do you get uh, Bowen? Do you get Antonio? There's just so many good players right now playing for them and going forward. And I mean, people are overlooking Suchek. And his stats uh, were brilliant last year. And he actually played so well in the last game. Leicester, you've got Vardy and you've got the new players that they brought in. Um, their new striker, Daka. You've got Iheanacho who could score. They, got, they brought in good defenders. So this game for me can either, can go one of two ways. It can be a low-scoring game where one of them pips at 1-0 because they're going to feel each other out. Or we could see the most entertaining Monday night football game for a long time. Um, I like both teams. I, I almost don't want to pick a winner because I just like them both so much. But because I've, I've got a bit of a softer spot for West Ham, I'm going to pick a West Ham home win. Yeah, um, 1-0 West Ham United. Okay, Jay, give, give me your thoughts on the game. You know, Leicester's my, my, other, my other team. So yeah. <laughs> two, two, two one, Your, your two first one. team. 2-1 to, to Leicester. I think I, I think we, that goal that Jamie Vardy scored, I mean, I, I think 9 out of 10 times he misses that. Yeah, 99 out of 100 times he misses it's that. Great goal. And another thing that I want to say, we all spoke about Pereira on this on mm-hmm. spot. We said he'd get clean sheets and get assists. He did it first game out. Um, what do you make of Vardy this year? Is he going to be the guy that plays up top a lot or is he going to chop and change between the three strikers now that he's got so many good strikers? I think Vardy starts. I think Vardy starts all day. He's the talisman in the team, and I think the leader, I think he is Leicester currently. I think he, he's got the chairman's ear as well. So if Brendan Rodgers wants to keep his job, he'll keep Vardy happy. Yeah. And that's what he did to get the best out of Vardy. He gave Vardy the kind of support, and they played everything around him. Uh, after after the few coaches, after, I think, uh, I think Puel was there. Uh, Claude Puel was there before uh, before Brendan as well. And, he, and, he, and basically, Vardy has the, the run of the run off the show as such. So I don't think I don't think Vardy benches, but I think Vardy's minutes will be managed a lot more. Vardy mm. probably probably comes off if they if they in a winning position, probably fifty minutes, fifty five minutes uh in games and then bringing on Patson and uh Yanacho. Yeah. Um so again then you may not get the you may not get the minutes points or if Vardy's not performed that well then you, you you're getting one point in that game. Uh, and Vardy likes getting a yellow card as well, so that's yeah. probably zero. Likes so, that, so to that point, um, that is my only reason and rationale why I didn't go for another player in this fixture. Antonio is with Europe coming, and him being the only number nine. I actually went for a Wilson, knowing that he'd play 90 minutes more often than not. Mm-hmm. But now thinking about it, Antonio looks like he's going to be so explosive. If Antonio has another big game, even if it's 60 minutes, I'm going to ship him back in, to be totally honest with you, and then just let Europe take care of itself, because he looks like he's going to score goals for fun this season. Um, so, But I'm looking at that too. I, I really am looking at minutes out of strikers this year, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think Vardy at that price, point ten point five is the value. And similarly with Antonio at the moment, um, with Europe coming. So I'm waiting to see those two things. Yeah. Two very exciting, great teams and good squads. Yeah, with Leicester up front, again, it's one of those things with Daka, Iheanacho, Vardy. You're also going to be playing a little bit of a roulette there depending on the fitness. So from an FPL pers- perspective, you probably want to avoid that unless you're trying for the differential, like you have, you feel it in your bones. But from, a, from outside of FPL and you look at a West Ham-Leicester game, West Ham at home. This is a very exciting match. It can be high scoring. It probably won't be. 
and West Ham at home, I think they, purely because of the home ground advantage, I think West Ham land up with a 1-0 as, as I will go. Now, uh, gents, let's quickly talk. Your FPL teams must have just fire some at me. Salah's obviously in there. We speak about possibly captain. Mane possibly captain. Fernandez possible captain again. I mean, you throw it out there. Mares possible captain. There, there's four out there, which is almost your must-haves. Who else do you have in your must-haves? Jay? I think I think from a affordability point of view, it's got to be Greenwood's got to be one of them um, as well. Uh, looking yeah. at Again, in the same affordability bracket, looking at Rafinha's performance uh, against Manchester United, he's he's looking that he could he could come with the haul anytime soon as well. So that'll be that's a nice actually rotation pick to have between Greenwood and Rafinha that you can uh, swap them in and out based on based on fixtures. Um, and then up top, the likes of Antonio Wilson uh, and needless uh, to say, even Danny Ings, because coming in, I mean, as soon as we heard the transfer news of the pod that we were all on the last time together, and there was a change that I needed to bring Danny Ings in. And that's one thing about Ings, he gets goals. So I and Newcastle aren't exactly sound in defence. Correct. And that, I think that's the thing I'm, I'm a little bit worried about in terms of reading into the, the act, attacking prowess of West Ham because we were poor in that second half in defence. Uh, and some of the goals were a little bit scrappy the way that they took it and finished those goals against us. And we also, as our third-choice goalkeeper, Woodman, uh, in goals as well. So I'm not sure... Um, how much uh, West Ham are going to dominate other sides. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Greenwood for me uh, currently on, at his price point. And if we can get some data on Jota's minutes, um, I think the only thing that puts me yeah. off Jota is this, the rotation with Firmino. Otherwise, he's explosive. He's got a very big ceiling. He ticks all the boxes. Price point's perfect. Playing in the top three side in the country. Uh, so I think Jota, Jota is a no-brainer as well. Um, so, yeah, those are, those, are, those, are, those are my picks. Yeah. Okay, Andres, like any throw-ins here? Yeah, the guy I pinpointed at the beginning of the season, I don't think I'll take him out of my team. Rafinha, I think I'll play him right through. Yeah. Um, I think his ceiling's there. Good teams, bad teams. He pitches up. Home away, he pitches up. Um, and then the one player, it's so fascinating that we would have Grealish at 8 million playing for Aston Villa, but we won't have him at 8 million playing for Man City. We were going to create double I think the, the concern was the concern was the minutes. And yeah, they as had 100 million for him, and if yeah. you're not going to start paying 100 million for someone, I, I still think De Bruyne is worth more. 100, percent but I think De Bruyne could be that, that caveat that actually Grealish needs. He could be actually a talisman kind of for Grealish mm. and be on the end of it. So I'm going Grealish, and the other one that I'm going to watch this week, not an audition for me. I just need to figure out the money. Havart going out is very much signalling that I want to bring Lukaku in as well. Um, Lukaku for me. To Jeremy's point, whatever team he plays for, good or bad, mark his first touch, don't. He'll be on penalties when Jorginho's not playing. He will score goals for fun against the smaller teams. He's he's a player that um, can score 25-plus in the Premier League quite easily. So okay. mine is Lukaku, Rafinha. Okay, cool. And Grealish, sorry, and Grealish. Yeah. Okay, so then must avoids. I think Vardy is an avoid for obvious reason. He's a premium player at... Um, and avoid point. I think that might be something worth saying. Um, Marcus Alonso, just purely because right now uh, the possibility that he does or he doesn't play 
um, that's going to be there. That might be something. Andreas, you, you don't need to just drop me the message. He wants to say Son is a must-have for this week, and it's quite possible. And yes, we have mentioned him, but it, from a must-have perspective, it's quite possible that he should be. I there. just wish I could have all of them. Okay, but you can't. Okay, so <laughs> that's just not how football works. Um, and then again, any other any other voids that you have there, Andreas? People that you want to avoid? Avoids, uh, it's kind of like that, that crucial one, Jota. The, like, do you avoid him just because of the minutes and then he's ceiling and he's so explosive? Um, the West Ham players, avoiding them because I don't know who's going to do well right now between uh, Ben Rama, um, Bowen, and um, Antonio. So my kind of avoids right now are just not knowing how big they're ceiling. And Ismail Saar, like I want him in. But the other players I have... Are so but he's not better. an avoid. I'm talking about someone that you know. like uh, Again, like we're saying, like Vardy out there, you don't know the minutes he's going to have, whether he even starts, you know, how if he's going to be rotated game to game. It's like Ian Nacho, 100%. I'd rather going to say avoid all Arsenal midfielders and attackers till we see something better from them. And their, and their defense for this weekend. Jay, any avoids for you? <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. This guy's got me a few hat tricks in FPL. Uh, Raheem Sterling, I think Sterling for me uh, hasn't in the Manchester City side, and I, I was I alluded to whether the English form translates to Man City, and I haven't seen that. Um, and the other the other player is also another Man City player, Gabriel Jesus. Uh, again, he just never he, he never seems to be as just doesn't trust him, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's the I saw I saw a comment. He's he's the second striker for in a team that doesn't have a first striker. Wow! Whoa! <laughs> and that is so true, actually. Correct. I mean, you'd rather play you'd rather play a false nine uh, and not have a Jesus star. So those are the two Man City guys. Hopefully, they don't come out and score six goals of, uh, this weekend against Norwich. But just yeah, that's my gut is Sterling and and Jesus for now. I think they'll have a patch where they turn and they'll get into a purple patch. But that's a wait and see. Okay, right. Um, then just uh, just to quickly get into our differentials for for the week, um, I think Ben Rama still is someone standing out there. Adama Traore, he took as many shots as Vardy, yeah, yeah. and then and, uh, and it, don't forget Jimenez. Jimenez uh, for a differential for this week. Okay, Jay, uh, Jay, your differential for this week. Lickton, how are you? How, how are you doing differentials? What percentage owned? Um, Look, so, somebody that had probably probably around about five six percent. I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't know what his ownership is. Sadio Mane. I can I cannot believe I'm saying that as a differential. Sadio Mane. What's okay. Richarlison's numbers look like? Okay, so Sadio Mane comes in at three point nine percent. It would be a Four. massive massive differential. And Come sorry, Andreas, who are you asking about? Uh, firstly, Rafinha, he's probably owned by a lot, I would imagine. Yeah, he's probably owned by a lot, um, okay. 16%. Then, there was someone else you mentioned now. Richarlison. Richarlison. And that's another great, great choice over there. But he comes in at 15.2%. So, yes. Okay. Uh, and one last question. I'm going to throw it out there for the for the young ones. Armstrong versus Tony. Armstrong. Jay? I, Armstrong. Armstrong, Armstrong. So, you save some money. Go with only because Armstrong will be the talisman for a very poor Southampton side, whereas Mbuemo will equal, I think, what Tony gets out. Okay. Now, I think the disappointment for me with the Arsenal game was Tony had no shots on target. And uh, on the opposite end, 
within six minutes, I think, uh, Armstrong had the ball in the back of the net. So confidence, success breeds confidence, uh, success. So uh, I think I think Armstrong will come on a lot more from that. And uh, Tony now has got a lot of pressure on him because everyone's expecting his. He came in with high, big expectations uh, on his back, and he hasn't yet delivered. Okay. So I th- I, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I'm sitting on the Tony side of things. I think it's bound to happen. It's an inevitability for me. Now, guys, last week Jay and I built a team based on a whole bunch of uh, whole bunch of thoughts. The the LTV Cerberus team. Both you guys have had the opportunity to look at the team. Um, is there is there any player that uh, that we're thinking that we need to be dropping out of here? Currently, with Barnes, Salah, Torres. Fernandez saw in the midfield. Man, man, what a what a great midfield. Um we might actually see the change come in defense, but the thought is that we are looking to change someone out for a captaincy possibility. Someone that you think will get points this week. Um you guys get to throw each one of you guys get to throw a a transfer at me uh, and then we will we'll make uh, we'll make a choice based on that. Andreas, anyone on that you're thinking of for this week's transfer? Yeah, Leighton, it's a bit of a left field one, but um, just for the fixture in the Monday night football, maybe Bamford out for Antonio. Okay. Jay? I'm also looking in the striker strikers department and probably Timo, the punt of Timo that, that I that I know I was I was a big advocate to bring Timo in. There's a lot of money tied up there. Mm-hmm. Um Timo out um yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe for an Antonio, maybe uh, for a Richarlison. Richarlison. I'm liking. Uh, and Andreas, how how do we feel about a teamer for Richarlison? We oh, get some it. money in I'll the bank. Richarlison, yeah? I'll be quite happy with him. I think he's going to score. I think Leeds do concede. Um, to be honest with you, so Richarlison's a good bet. Remember, you've got to think about it. Richarlison's going to be a good bet for the next five to six games. Everton's fixtures look like gold. Okay, let's quickly talk the defense because we've just qu- got to put our side together. With Sanchez or Bachman out of our goalies. Sanchez again for Brighton. Sanchez. Right, uh, we've got in the defense Dinier and Marty Simarcus, and then on bench we've got Williams and Eitnery. None of the, the bottom two plates. I don't think that's going to change over there. So our defense stays as the three that it is. Then in our midfield, we've got Torres, Barnes, Salah, Fernandez, and then we've got Saar as an option. And then our front three is Richarlison, Bamford, uh, Wilson. And we're thinking, we're thinking drop Bamford and bring on Saad. Is everyone happy with that? I think, um, I know it's going to upset you. I think maybe Wilson, drop Wilson, just because of the home fixture that, that Bamford and them have. Um, I don't know. That's, I'm I, think, heavy. I think Villa I think Villa have a terrible defense, and I think <laughs> Wilson scores. Uh, for, it. For, until, for Jeremy, we keep until Wilson. Wilson yeah, until Wilson stops scoring, let's, let's keep him. <laughs> okay, and I've got him in my team, eh? I've got Wilson in my team. Yeah. So, so just... Boys, pick a captain. Uh, we said the person with the highest points would, uh, so I'm, I'm out of this conversation on captain choice. Okay, so do I get the captain? No, don't be ridiculous. It's me. <laughs> Remember, Andreas, this is why why I'm at the top and why why you are where you are right now. Out of the choices that we do have um, currently, with the Torres, Barnes, Salah, Fernandez, saw. And based on what Jeremy has said, uh, with Salad tending to fail in the second, uh, in the second match, and don't do it, Leighton. <sighs> we're going to make Wilson our captain. 
no, no, no. No, realistically, we could, we can't be dropping points this uh, this early on. And I do think, you know, we're going to have to look at somebody that's going to be if if Salah is going for the assists, even if he gets two assists to a Mane. The points are still there on the board. Fernandez, obviously, against Southampton. I don't know how well United travel this season. You know, is, is he a better option? Okay, it's going to be between uh, Salah and Fernandez. Andreas, pick a pick one. Salah, Leighton. Jeremy. Fernandez. Fire truck boys. Well, you pick. Hey. You've got top spot. So mm. pick it. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Richarlison. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Surprise us. I'll tell you what, are surprise we, us. Do we, are we doing the transfer? Timo out for Richarlison? Is that done? Yeah, it's yeah. done. Uh, okay. Surprise us with the captain. Just leave it till closing and we'll see it. No, we're gonna, the, the fans need to, yeah, we're making Richarlison our captain for this week. <gasps> yeah. Big call. Big call, but uh, I like Big it. Call. I like it. Okay. Did, We've got some points that? to play with. Sorry? I hope it comes off because I've got him. What do you say, Jay? No, I want to know how many percent is he owned in the game? Uh, 17 or something percent. Okay, boys, listen, have yourself a beautiful, beautiful FPL weekend. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the goals. To all the listeners out there, good luck with your FPL teams, and we'll catch you on the other side. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.